I V M. You're listening to Keeping It Queer with Naveen Narona. Hey guys, welcome to Keeping It Queer, a podcast about queer life and culture. My name is Naveen Narona. I'm your host, and joining me in the studio today is a very dear old friend of mine, <laughs> who I found out is the same age as me today. It's like such a weird thing that I always thought you were older than me, Daniel. But uh, here we have Daniel Mendoza. Hi, say hi. Hi, hi, Naveen. Hi. <laughs> and uh, before we start off with anything, Daniel is an amazing person all round. He has done so much work in the field of HIV or in the field of uh, LGBTQI awareness, and uh, he proudly stands to be the I in the LGBTQIA spectrum. People often ask, "What is I?" So we'll get to that. But before anything else, I want to tell our listeners how I first met you. Okay, like. A lot of Catholic kids grow up in the church, and and what happens in the church is that they they always give you certain roles to play. Like you know, when you're young, you're in the youth group, mm-hmm. and that happens to you. So I was in the youth group, and I had heard about this new person who's come into church, who's uh, killing it right now, and killing it because we were doing a play competition. I remember this. There was a inter youth play competition, and I was directing one play, and like you know, somebody told me the real competition is this one guy from the green zone. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. And and then I found out. On the day of the play, that you were playing like a devil character, and yes. and the moment he walked in, he basically in that in that play, he just howled and laughed, and walked in. Can you do that for me once? <laughs> yeah, this on a loudspeaker, and and then everybody just like got petrified in the church and looked behind, and I knew that there was something fun about this person, and uh, here we are, probably like six seven years from then. Yes, six uh, seven years. Yeah, now we chill often. And uh, and the reason I really like you so much, Daniel, I'll be honest, is because you've always been the one who's been very outspoken about your life. You know, at a time when even I was unsure about who I am or if if being queer is what I want to be. You know, that that's that's the hesitation I had. You know, I saw you owning it. So from where do you get this inspiration from? First of all, I think yes, I get this inspiration from first of all accepting myself who I am, because. Uh, unless and until you don't accept who you are the world will never accept you because mm-hmm. if you don't know who you are you will never be never be able to figure out in this world what tag people would give you and once you are sure about what you are you don't give up damn about people mm-hmm. what they think about you so prior to me meeting you in that in that age and time what was your life experience like until then i think like you know spending 8 years in london in a closed room in an hospital because you know people research over you just because you are an intersex person and uh looking at you not even as a subject to the society but as an object you know just because you don't know what is intersex and the term falls under it mm-hmm. you are a research material to people and you know they can do research over you i was some one like that you know someone to look upon and say okay we know what is intersex in medical terms but now mm-hmm. let it know what it means from within the body and inside the body so at what age was this discovered within your body i was 9 and a half years old but i was born as a cm twin like you know when i was just born doctor said that you know they didn't use the word intersex in terms they said ki aapke ghar pe chhakka paida hua hai okay and that was the time when my father said that you know i don't want a child like this you know he's a eunuch what will he do in the mm. future what will family society feel about it and what is the medical uh, theory behind this can you tell us like, if the listeners are trying to understand what a cm twin means C- cm twin is basically you are born with 
another person or maybe i was born with two heads me mm. and my sister were born together mm. the only difference the doctor found out is that there was one body two heads mm. but there was something different and which was that my sister shared my body but i shared the womb of my sister which is basically a female whole vagina and stuff like that and my sister was born dead mm. so they had to do cut my sister apart from me and that time doctor said see he his outer body is like a male and he may grow up and once he grow up he would be like a complete female because his acting the way he speaks would be a female because he has a female body mm. and therefore my of course my family didn't wanted me to keep it with him and that is i think you know when you are born mm. and when your own family doesn't accept you mm. how will the world outer there who's waiting to be still to be seen except you so soon when your own father and mother is not yours so both your mom and dad felt wrong about the the whole thing or like was it dad more powerfully against it dad was more powerfully because of course patriarchy mm-hmm. that thing comes no okay, yeah. how can i have a child like this mom was little bit okay because as it is said that you know because she has given birth she has kept that for 9 month and mm-hmm. she she wanted me to be there mm-hmm. but most astoundingly i would say that my auntie my father's sister was mm-hmm. more happy about it and she was okay with what i was and i think i was not even a year old when she had adopted me as her child because my father had sold me to the eunuchs mm. and it was she and my mother who made a point to get back even when i don't know things i have heard it from people saying that to me mm. she made out things that they brought me back from the eunuchs community and they raised me up today for whatever i am i own because of my mother and my aunt okay then then obviously your dad had to separate from the family the he point? did that he told my auntie that you know if you want to take care of the child you take care i am not going to look after this child anything so there's a fun part of this also when he said no and you know my baptism date came mm. and you know as you know christian tradition yeah. you have to be called as a boy or a girl and my mother said don't call him girl don't call him boy just call him human mm. i think that was the first step i think i was not there to witness that but i think maybe her words must have fallen somewhere in my years during that time and today i'm here to fight about this whole issue about acceptance of lgbtiq community in this overall communities mm-hmm. so so uh, obviously at that point in time you had no idea what's happening because there was a fierce parental support from your mom and your aunt side and they were the ones who really took care of you right yes and uh, then obviously the, <laughs> then i also found out today that daniel and i went to the same school <laughs> when we yeah. were growing up and probably must have run into yes, each other for yes, you know yes because we're the same age <laughs> turns out uh, which was sacred heart boys school and yes, it, it's boys almost like school. a cruel joke life played on both of us <laughs> yes. that we went to a very predominantly boys school and uh, in a way we both like boys now so it's, <laughs> it's, it's just so you know so uh, tell me about like that experience i know that that whole phase where you start first going to school and you know were you still like uh, unsure about th- the whole you know society and how it felt about you see i came up from a society where you know car east mm. a place where i came up, i grew up in a slum mm. so you know people knew about me that was the first thing and my mother always used to stop me from going out to play because she was afraid that you know people would tease me and then i would be upset about mm-hmm. it and yeah that used to happen because i was more interested in so called termed as girly stuff of things i would i, I used to take up the dupatta over me i used to like playing with girls i used to like hanging out with girls mm-hmm. and there was nothing that i realized that my attraction was towards boy at that time of age but i knew that there was something different within me mm-hmm. i knew that i was different 
than what the world thought about me and uh, there were things that happened you know right from when you're small when when you know that you know people call you baila chakka good and so many names when they give you you think right because you're not at that point of age when you're supposed to mix with people mm-hmm. and play around and you know nothing to do with sexuality but the thing was rightly put in me when i was 5 6 years that you're different and you have to you know see mm-hmm. and i don't know why my mother chose to put me in secret at boys high school but i still tell her that I was I always felt that I was the only girl among all the other boys in the school <laughs> and even the washrooms like you know I used to the only thing that I faced in the washroom of schools is my seniors used to whenever I used to go to toilet they used to like you know pull down my pants and always wanted to see what organ did I have down I think that's the most baddest memory I can ever take from secret heart boys high school were these same uh, batchmates or like older than you older than me like my senior yeah i think the boys over there were big time bastards like <laughs> i went to something similar i'll tell you what happened was they tricked me into going to an ice cream shop and then they locked me inside a a compound which they knew was some from somebody from school and they had two dogs and then like they locked the gate from outside when oh, i was oh i remember those two big dogs yeah they came and yeah. bit me in my buttocks and then i had like 14 stitches and stuff like that did you like it 14 injections <laughs> no i didn't like it. back then i was not in the whole oh. you know the ass part of it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean like and then the parents of those kids tried to like you know convince me that you know that uh, their kids were innocent and i should go and lie to the management and try to not get them suspended so I I think similarly we must have witnessed the same yes. uh, batch of assholes probably but uh still after all of this you still persevere right like you try to go through all of this uh, all these hardships like how where do you find the resolute to be able to do this um when i was in like after things happened and you know i would say that you know the first time when i went through my chums mm. and that was like severe and they had to do admit me and stuff like that i think the inspiration basically came through many counseling people in london where i was there so how do you end up in london can we just yeah so i was somewhere in fourth standard 9 years old hmm. and uh, suddenly i told mama you know my stomach is pain and we if you remember we had a school like you know morning 8 to evening 5 hmm, exactly right with two so, lunch breaks yes two lunch breaks and i said that mama my stomach is paining and i don't want to go to school and she thought you know like any other child and because she knew that people used to tease me and stuff like that so i'm making excuses hmm. so she said no you have to go you come and i'll take you to the doctor in the whole scenario of growing they forgot that you know i was different Hmm. and i needed that attention of medical care which i didn't get correct and uh, it was just as normal day and one day i and in after the my mama came for the second lunch break she took me and then when i went to school i felt that something is coming out of my stomach i didn't knew what to do i ran to the washroom without informing my teachers and before i could you know even say anything or do anything even before i could open my pants my ass basically tore up into two parts and along with my chums came out the intestine part oh shit and doctors that time i according to me were not that equipped in india to deal something like this mm-hmm. and then with lot of efforts and stuff like that i was sent down to london at st andrews hospital in northampton side and there they basically conducted a research on you know how do we deal with intersex children and it is not just the women that bleed but also people from the gender minority community who are supposed mm. to be called intersex do have bleeding also and that's how i landed up there and it was there i think i gained the inspiration of coming out the way i am to the world and saying hey excuse me there's something that exists as i also hmm. so at a point where like you know as i said like we were in the same church community 
and uh, there was a point where i basically said you know what fuck this i'm checking <laughs> out i can't follow religiosity and at the same time you know fight for my rights because the church is so prominently against gay rights and you know it's not making any amends i'm talking about the roman catholic church uh, at the same time you again like your whole thing is perseverance i just know from for the fact that you are someone who stays and tries to course correct and tries to make people understand that you know this is what's happening and again like what what is the deal behind that why didn't you check out when i checked out See I I got my inspiration of being fact about it you know people would call you know people say that you know LGBTI community people are not that religious but I think that's a myth that's a taboo hmm. because I got my inspiration from the bible it was there where I found myself right within because the counselor that I met was so good that you know leading me to Christ love or making me understand all about the concept of love and forgiveness was what I got from her hmm. the reason behind not leaving the church see as you know people still talk about me and people even mm. that time like those days yeah. like 7 years back they spoke they spoke when i wanted to join as a sunday school teacher i still remember the priest of our parish didn't allow me to because he knew about my sexual identity and orientation just for everybody else sunday schools are schools that happen <laughs> after mass on sundays and people willingly go for this I used to teach as well, so I know. <laughs> so that happened, and then suddenly I realized that this this is not going to work. I have to fight. Why am I not supposed to do this? I have to question. Mm. And slowly, slowly, with this question, right from Sunday school, you know, not only teaching the children about God's love, but also teaching them that there is something that exists rather than Adam and Eve, mm. and we are those kind of with Adam and Steve. Yes, we are the Adam and Steves, and. people like us do exist and we also require mm. the same respect amount of respect in the society and we mm. are the one who have to make spaces for we all we do this have stuff. to give shout out to father francis though for being the uber cool priest that he is yes father francis narona he says same surname as me people always thought we were brothers but we are not but uh, he also like one of the first few people i was able to talk to about my sexuality and look was and very accepting he is the one father francis is the one who also led me to the first step to teach sunday school Correct. and from there i think there was an so called not talking on my face but with time they ex- accepted me the way i am mm. from there going to the parish pastoral council mm. and from parish pastoral council to going to various other teams of the church and making my space and stand clear that excuse me don't look at me at someone as an so called other gender but mm. i am also a part of the human community and you are not the one who's going to judge me at the last exactly and i like how you are very sarcastic very on point with these people as well because these are like we're dealing with proper middle aged aunties here who have been like you know conditioned certain way and there you go like fiercely changing rules but apart from the church you're also actively involved in several other things we'll talk about this after the small break so i'm here with daniel and we're keeping it queer we'll see you on the other side Welcome back to Keeping It Queer. I'm here with Daniel Mendoza, and uh, we are talking about his life and his entire experience uh, living as an intersex person. Uh, as you said, like when you first realized that you have to stop being this other person that people want you to be, and start fighting about it. At what point did social work and you know fighting for people with HIV come into the picture? uh when i decided to come back to india you mm. know they always wanted the doctors were they always wanted that i should go for a sex change surgery and then you know become a complete woman and stuff like but i was not ready with it because i thought if i would do that i would miss out on my original identity and it is 
easy you know to change and then say you know i am this hmm. but it is more harder to come into the male body and say hey i am an intersex and i have feelings too and i decided to come back i was not very sure i would go into social work because i didn't knew or people don't know that degree as social work exists mm-hmm. yeah and uh, you surprised me i'm like you get paid for this yes and so the cool. first basic question iske liye bhi padhna padta hai kya so i didn't knew but i thought yeah 10th was something like i still know my table still 5 mm. and i had to to anyways come back and you know as go under the formal education system give 10 to 12th and then decide my future mm. luckily i passed out 10th mm. luckily i don't know how but luckily i did in 11th standard i met this person joshua mm. so he is an autistic child okay. he has uh, several problems and uh, this was the time when you know in the class we were like both same he was autistic and i was from the gender minority community so no acceptance in the classroom and they used to always speak ye pagal hai ye good hai to dono ka banega karke <laughs> so you know that was their mentality when it started with and actually i didn't knew that you know he understood me so well because he didn't judge me on what i was and mm. it it didn't matter to him what i was good. he used to talk to me the way it is he used to be like as normal as it is and whenever he felt like shouting he used to shout whenever he used to feel like you know crying he cried and there i gained that experiencing that are it doesn't matters to him look at him what people say also doesn't bother because he cannot understand things mm. i think i have to start behaving like that correct maybe that's how it worked but over the 2 years of 11th and 12th because of him i developed the skills that you know i can get into something which is to do with service because that's what i am think i am made to do the hmm. within that time of period only when i one day stood up in the class that was i think my first ever talk to people was when i stood up in class and i said hey stop teasing me hmm. it's nothing your business and i shared my story and i could see people the next day behaving different with me there was acceptance and there was more about you know coming closer to you and then talking to you with mm-hmm. and accepting you and at two years within those period of time one of my class teachers said that uh, daniel i think you should go for social work and i said like everyone else does this exist like why to study social work mm-hmm. and then i went to like xavier's did my iq test and stuff like that and they also said me i should go and i think that's what the best decision of my life getting into social work and from social work started where you know at every point of view in the class i used to argue and debate on gender minority <laughs> so it was always in the college it was male female male female but still today my college of social work nirmala niketan tells me that it is because of you and your point of view that today we have a whole paper on lgbtiq community it's beautiful man and and also very very important human learning is that you know when you tell people out loud sometimes people ask you why does it need for you to come out it's for this very reason that you know people talking behind your bag are just going on hearsay and like you know what other person assumes about you but until you you know stand up and call it out it becomes very easy then you know they want to address it address it with me and i'll talk about it very openly with you tell me your doubts and i'll clear them for you yes and that becomes a much easier way to connect with people because i think the the hatred comes from not having the knowledge of it yes and also it comes of because of so much myth and conception that is there right within when your family has given you so you mm. don't even dare to come up to the person and ask hey why is it like this 
Why is it like that? There may be so much things they talk about you, but they do not have the courage. So I think we have to make that first step coming out to people and say, this is what it is and this is how it works. So now that you live in a proper society and everything and your mom is now like dependent on you, do you ever feel like you have to ever go back to defending yourself or is that like the acceptance is very easy for you now? At this point in time No I think every part of life There is defending Needed mm. Because there are times When my mother tells me Why just you don't go For a sex change And get married And get settled mm-hmm. Or why don't you just Go abroad And you know Take me also And you know Get married and settle And I am And I have to still tell her Mama everything is not marriage The end is not marriage mm. There is no need of marriage For you to you know Live a life together I can live a life with a person who I love and understands me so defending after the knowledge of getting into okay people like us exist then the question start that how do we exist hmm. so I think that is every point of time we have to defend ourselves saying that we can do things like when I ride scooty so there's a general question people say hey, how can you ride scooty <laughs> and I am like why can't I ride scooty it's I the most comfortable ride yes I said I, I have my hands and legs why can't I do that <laughs> so there are questions when still the society needs to understand that we are normal human beings correct and we can work do whatever as normal human beings so you have also furthered this by actually giving workshops and talking about this publicly like where does the confidence come from at what point was like you know you want to talk about this and address this openly okay this confidence came from my first ever talk was in the un mm-hmm. and uh, i never thought that i would make up to that point so you travel to the un yes the actual un yes actually crazy yes and when talking about this as an intersex person filled my eyes with you know like people take years down to go there and you know talk and i was like one of them to go as and talk there about this issue and there it made me understand and realize the whole power within me that you know i should continue this work maybe this would take up another level in generations down to come that you know we spoke about it and we formed the base for our gender minority community to come forward and say yeah. that you know let's stand up for our rights at the united nations conference nonetheless where the entire world is looking at you yes oh my god and from there became you know i thought from there became like a mark to go to different countries and speak about this and then came my favorite work which i always wanted to do is working with churches around mm. india because Correct. we need the most and that's interesting because there are several uh, different sects within the community like the church is broken down to several other sub christian faiths and many of them are cool about it as we mentioned earlier a uh, part of it that roman catholic church sometimes struggles to define how they feel about homosexuality yes. even though we have the coolest pope right now and everybody's like you know hashtagging him all the time but at the same time there are others who are more open and are more diverse so tell me about those. So I met NCCI National Council of Churches India it is a member of 30 council churches and Roman Catholic stands as an observer as usual <laughs> and we uh, while speaking the first thing was you know how do we get to churches and how do we make churches understand the diversity of gender mm. because you know in India or in any other country diversity in language is accepted in culture religion and stuff but when it comes to diversity in gender then you know people try nahi nahi god said only adam and eve god made only adam and eve so but 
it is nowhere said in the bible that you know god gave adam only man sexuality and eve only female sexuality and also because they had two boys how can like you know this is one <laughs> question that everybody asked that if they had cain and abel and one of them killed the other how did the other kids come about so, like they obviously had to have some some other humans around yes mainly adam and eve were probably like the the alpha male and female then there were like probably like there was steve and andrew like they they were busy fucking around there like you know probably using condoms back then as well i don't know So you know, cactus. <laughs> probably using a cactus as a dildo. So all you know for that matter is that there's so much not explained. So much of hand me down in myth doesn't cover the fact that you know, like there was an entire part that you missed because it didn't feel mm-hmm. it didn't feel your uh, you know necessities and your thought pattern. So getting so with that thing in mind. So you know, I remember I remember Father Philip and Father Thomas. They run the Isha project with mm. HIV AIDS, and they came across transgender people, and they thought that when Isha gets closed down, when HIV is accepted and things start working, we will have a project on gender minority. And they are from the Orthodox Church. Mm. So when this started, you know, I remember the scene that you know we had written letter for thirty churches for doing this project, like you mm. know, coming to their churches and explaining them about gender diversity. I remember the head of the church saying. Why do you want to put your hand in the lion's mouth? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to take up this topic and you know and they said no we want to. And out of all the churches, the first church to say yes to this was Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. And there that journey began from Salvation Army to Marthoma Church to Orthodox seminarians to the priest and to various parts of India going in the churches talking with the priest, the lay crowds and the bishop mm-hmm. was something that amazed me when people heard us they felt the pain within them they felt that you know what have you gone through it is all responsible because of us mm. because we have failed to understand you and that acceptance slowly slowly i have seen coming within the people and today i know people right over india who are catholics who believe in christ but who also believe that they have an there is a other gender and we need to respect them because they are also creation of god mm. and then with one of the blues we said that we'll have a conference a asia level conference where we'll call priests and i met priests from other churches who were gays who were lesbians who were transgender and i was happy to see the acceptance that you know people like us can go to the level even to spirituality nice it is That's just beautiful. it is just in the minds of so called Orthodox Roman Catholic people that uh, they want to accept, or the, or the keepers of the faith as they call themselves. They yes, are the, they're the final yes. foothold. Oh my God! But uh, I think that's something amazing that we should all look on that from the struggles that you've come through and from the fact that you know, from from the fact that your father actually sold you away to the fact that two women shaped your life to an extent that you could fight, go to a different country, get observed upon, then come back and fight for something. Uh, you've always been an inspiration, Daniel. Thank you so much. And uh, also, one more thing I want to mention here is that because you were around, and like you know, we have this whole gang of people we hang out for, yes. we hang out with. Sorry, uh, and and we obviously like when I was coming out to them, but they were like, yeah, we know Daniel's story. Like your story doesn't matter. You you are an entitled <laughs> gay hero. Like you're trying to just be a smartass, but you know he's been to something real. I really feel that you know I owe a lot. of uh, you know gratitude to you for being Thank for being you, able Rami. to pave the way in in the community that we live in and uh, and for generally for being such an awesome person in in general and uh, thank you so much for joining us on keep thank you Naveen for calling me as well thank you so much and uh, if you do want to get in touch with Daniel and talk about his life and story how can they find you online okay so you they have my facebook id which is daniel francis mary mendonza mary's mom's name yes that's so cute 
awesome. and they can also find me on insta which i have written as danny dot eight twelve ninety ninety one awesome and you can talk to me at no underscore rona and follow ivm podcast thank you so much this is our show for now we'll see you on the other side don't go anywhere the keeping it queer podcast will be back with the culture vulture segment featuring farhad right after this break Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to Keeping It Queer. With me is Farhad Karkarya, Hello. who's joining me for the Culture Vulture Hello segment. Hello from the other side. I must have called her a thousand times to get you on this recording. Shut the fuck up. No ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, first of all, thank you, Naveen, for yes, this. Yes. Uh, I'm sacrificing been, something very important right now. I've been listening to my episodes and then I listen to my own voice and I'm like, what the fuck is this? How do people listen to this guy? Not because of what I say, I just don't like my voice. Okay, I thought you were talking about me for a second. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have uh, had some faithful listeners write in yeah. uh, saying it's, uh, Ooh, it's marvelous me. to listen to this Can guy's voice. Can that be an entire episode? <laughs> what of your voice? <laughs> mm. Sure. Oh, one day we'll no, just feed into your life feedback okay but uh, since we are, should we just jump straight into it yes, i yes. got a great recommendation if we are talking about voice there's a documentary okay. called do i sound gay i've heard uh, about this one yeah, yeah fantastic yeah. it's just uh, a documentary about mm. uh, the correlation between how your voice plays out if you are a gay person mm-hmm. and like we really sometimes i think about it right like i'm one of those people if i'm about to talk to a guy and be like yeah come over and shit i'll be like yeah come over and shit yeah, but bro. then yeah. uh, suddenly a cat touches my foot at the fish market and i'm like ha ha <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah, so yeah. uh i sometimes really question what my real voice is i do that like when there's rats in a vicinity like i'm all like macho man i'm going to drop all the girls after the party's done <laughs> okay and then i see a rat run at night time and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> and just, yeah, like scream yeah i totally have a <laughs> voice also uh but uh, yeah just generally how yeah. uh being gay defines uh your uh gestures in general like your hand movements yeah. i feel like we enunciate a lot uh we speak, about speak a lot no you don't <laughs> i i mumble and i stop yeah even i'm a bit of a slurrer yeah, uh, yeah. if i'm like uh, moody and shit slurring I, is a part of the job uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure you, do you mean slurping or slurping slurring? and slurring as well uh, no what i i think is generally uh, you know having like a lot of female a uh, powerful women that we look up to as kids as well okay. you know like when i was a young kid and without my knowledge like you know unbeknownst to myself while i was growing up i would like uh, portray a lot of these uh, women into my uh, you know personality uh, without even thinking twice yeah. you know like yeah. i was a big madonna fan at one yeah. point yeah. and like you know like my dance moves were all diva and stuff mm. so <laughs> they would like all my friends would like when i would like break into that character on floor okay. but then come back to reality i'm again like the straight okay. lace guy okay. that they want so i think that plays a you know that's honestly of, discussed in the movie how women have a part to play on nice. addiction and in general mm-hmm. um, in my case i'd say i developed this sort of a voice because my target was always straight boys when i was growing <laughs> up so i always wanted to be the bro you yeah. know like hey bro uh, you know i'm uh, a boy but it's okay to suck dicks do you want your dick sucked <laughs> you know so i think that's where my <laughs> voice no because that. again when i i i know it specifically that i'm i'm conscious that i'm mm. doing it when i'm actually on the phone i realize that when my straight friends call me i have this extra heavy like baritone that I add to my voice yeah, uh, yeah. and when it's my uh, faggy fags I'm like hi dear yeah, hi what's hi. up <laughs> yeah yeah I, I yeah it's a very uh, cute observation I feel yeah, yeah. Like, you know like I try 
to sound as much as I can to you know be all ha huh, one word answer sort of totally and it's so predictable again yeah, I'm not yeah. like tooting my own horn here but it is so common for the first mm. time you know you've spoken to someone for a while on grinder Correct. and then you exchange numbers and then that first phone call happens mm. I always know there will be a second that uh, like five seconds dedicated to that person being like. Hey, uh, your voice is really nice. Yeah. You don't sound gay. You yeah, know, I yeah, heard yeah. that so many times, and I'm yeah. like, how do you sound or not sound gay? Uh, because you see some of the biggest, like that. What's the guy from Project Runway, right? Tim, Tim Gunn. Gunn. Tim Gunn. Like you know, there is something like you just know. Sometimes even when you're in public and you're not looking around, you hear a voice, and you know there's a gay person in this room. Uh, you know what I mean? So it yeah, really yeah. delves into the science of it, and it scientifically deals in, with like how uh, voice and sexuality uh, could be linked, and how our mannerisms and everything uh, could go hand in hand. So where can we catch the documentary? Do I sound gay? I honestly remember getting it on torrent. I recently <laughs> my friend wanted to see it. I did not find the torrent. You know, uh, all the illegal things we talk about on sure. this podcast. Hey, 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 hey. No, I'm going to interrupt you right there. Uh, it's on YouTube okay. because my okay. friend wanted to see it, and I assumed it's not going to be on YouTube. So I went through the Achha. whole torrent sheet and all of that. I did not find it, and then I realized, fuck, it's right here on YouTube. So we'll share the link with the episode. Uh, Amazing. So we can Do I sound gay? It's on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So thank you so much for the recommendation. Anytime. Uh, anytime. <laughs> okay. On that note, no. we shall. Anytime. Uh, anytime. <laughs> so on that note, we shall uh, leave. Uh, our listeners uh, bye bye <laughs> see you on the other side guys uh, just keeping it queer i'll see you next thursday bye bye please note that the views and opinions expressed on keeping it queer are solely that of the guest and uh, iwm is not responsible for what they say